Hi, welcome back. You are watching On the Town with Tanya. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We really appreciate you. Do me a big favor. And if you can share this, I really would appreciate it. Remember, it's all about saving and changing a life. That's it. Uh, so I appreciate you. Um, let's see. So our, our co-host, Rich, uh, will be with us. He'll be joining us a little bit later. Uh, in the meantime, uh, tonight's guest is the owner of a medical center in urgent care. She is the founder of a nonprofit organization, Yo Digo No Mas, and uh, which, which they raise awareness about uh, child sexual abuse, particularly in the Latino community, um, community, although they help all tiny children, but, but that's particularly what they focus on. She is the author sharing her story uh, and her triumph in her book, I Say No More. Please welcome Maria Trusa. Hello. Hi. Anya, thank you so much. By the way, I have to say, congratulations on saying yo digo nomás so clearly. You sound like you're a Latina. <laughs> I'm a communications major, NYU. <laughs> I could tell. I'm like, that's definitely, it was beautifully said. So thank yo digo nomás, which means I say no more in Spanish. Wow. Yes, thank you. How did you come up with that title? Um, the title came uh, out of actually my book. Uh, when um, I I wrote a book in, I started writing my book in 2019 uh, before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it was because my son asked me, my son, Jeffrey, I have three kids, mm -hmm. uh, Franco, that's 39, Jeffrey's 33 and my 15 year old daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was skiing in Colorado with my boys. It was a, just the boys trip with me. And in the night, in the middle of the night, as we waiting for my son, Franco, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey says to me, mom, mm -hmm. you need to write a book. You, you have to tell your story. You cannot leave this earth without sharing your story because your story could inspire so many people, especially the Latino community. And I wasn't, Tanya, I wasn't thinking of writing a book or anything. I'm really? telling you. I was like, I have a medical center and an urgent care, and that was a mission. Mm -hmm. And I left my job of 26 years to to fulfill this mission that to me, God has give, had given me. Wow. And I was very clear that this is what I was going to do. I serve the underserved community. I focus in the immigrant community. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to me, I was going to open up different centers throughout different cities where I live. And then this mission of Yo Digo No Mas came because I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And as I'm writing the book, I was with a whole bunch of women. I, I own a home in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And I like to share this home with uh, especially underserved women that I want to expose them to this beautiful world of Vermont. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm blessed to have six, uh, tw uh, 12 acres in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And I showed them, you know, different sports, uh, skiing, uh, uh, snowshoeing. And, and then we go to the bars and we hang out. And mm -hmm. I feel that this is something that I want to expose, you know, especially the underserved community. So I'm in the jacuzzi with these women and 10 uh, out of the 10 women that were there, eight had been sexually abused. Wow. Yes. Eight when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually screamed in the jacuzzi, yo digo no mas, yo digo no mas. I, I couldn't believe that this is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. And the name of Yo Digo No Mas, that is the name of my book uh, right. which I have here. Fabulous. 
Uh, and also in English, as you mentioned, is I Say No More, right. came out of that particular night mm -hmm. in Vermont. Wow, really? Yeah. So, so, so when you, you now just share just a pinch of your story, because um, I know you've moved on to like so many bigger things, but it's so important for us to know how you was able to grasp that uh, that that trauma and turn it into this, you know, million dollar machine that that also most importantly helps other people. That's yeah. that's that's it. That's the most that's important. That's it. Because yeah. when you just go for the money, mm -hmm. the challenges are greater. I think uh, yeah. I became mission based, and this was something that you know when I I came to the United States when I was fifteen years old. And I came from major trauma in the Dominican Republic. Like many immigrants, I'm not, you know, my story is just one of those stories that, you know, I was able to tell. But there's so many people that are not able to tell their story and the healing for them. It's something that they might be stuck in and have really slowed down on their healing. I happen to be right. very blessed that I could share the story. Right. Um, so uh, when I was in the Dominican Republic, I said, a very young girl, mm -hmm. uh, my parents, my mom had five kids and my dad, and my dad became an alcoholic. Exactly. And unfortunately, um, my mom had to come to the United States because he was not taking care of us and she couldn't take care of us right. with a $2 a week salary. Wow. I mean, this is, you know, uh, 40 some years ago. And uh, my mom decided to come to the United States. And that was really hard because we had to spl split out um, right. him with my two older brothers and left the three little ones in the Dominican Republic. Okay. A year later, my mom is able to get a house and my father was supposed to be there with us. And the only thing he had to provide was the food. But again, my father was an alcoholic and became a very irresponsible man. But the worst mistake that he made that really caused all of us in, and more me than anyone uh, was that in the middle of the night, uh, one night he decided to come with his friend who was a witchcraft man. It was He was a brujo. That's what we call them in the DR. Mm -hmm. In the little town where I come from, Elise Almedio is very, very small. To this day, it's very small. And he, they were taking my little brother that was four years old. And I grabbed my little brother from my father's arm. And my father then said, then you have to go. And I didn't want to go. I was crying. I was so afraid. Um, and my father forced me to go. And then he dropped me off in the house of this man. Oh, we have Richard here. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt the story. Yes. That's okay. Um, nice, nice to see you, Richard. You too. Um, I was just in the middle of actually just uh, sharing the story because the idea is I want people to to feel what I felt, right? And yes. and it's not easy telling your story. You know, I've said my story over 500 times, including yesterday, uh. on Wednesday. And I there's a book that says the body keeps the score. Yeah, absolutely. And you I, you probably heard of this book. Yes, and, I have. And the body keeps the score. That no matter what, you know, how, how many times I say it, like, um, I, my body, we all have trauma body parts yes. and I can tell you that they're on fire right now because I'm yes. about to share uh, that night uh, with yes. all of you. But I do it because, because you matter, because you're watching this and you matter to me. 
I want you to see that I can come from the ashes and I can rebuild myself and that I'm hoping that as I share this with you, that you see that I could be an accelerator for you, whoever is watching us. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'll go back to the story when I was saying how in the middle of the night, my father uh, took me and dropped me off when in the house of this witchcraft man. Mm -hmm. And this man um, took me to where he did witchcraft and he forced me to drink a bottle of whiskey at the mm -hmm. age of nine years old. And I couldn't stop. He forced me to drink this without stopping. Oh wow. And I could have died yes. just from that. Mm -hmm. And 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 I, you know, I, after that, I um I mean I was really scared. Uh, yeah. And he told me that he would kill me or kill my family if I said what was about to happen. Oh um so I knew that, you know, the fear that I have was beyond anything that, honestly, to this day, I don't think I've ever experienced a fear the way that I had it when I was nine years old. Mm -hmm. And he took me to a motel. Um, and then in the motel, you know, he right. he destroyed my body. Right. He, he almost killed me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he right. destroyed my body to the point that I had to have surgery. Um, because my right ovary got twisted and my thing mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that, you know, was detrimental to me. It yeah. it destroyed, not only did he destroy my body, my body recovered. What he mm -hmm. destroyed that took, I mean, to this date, I'm still healing. Right. He, he, he really hit my soul. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, mi alma, in, in how we say in Spanish, my soul. Mm. Um, and the repair after that was detrimental. Mm. I, um, you know, and I don't want to focus a lot on that right. on the story because right. I'm encouraging all of you to to get the mm -hmm. book. Yes. I say no more because this book, yes. I deep I go deep into the story because right. I want the people to feel my pain. Right. When you feel the pain of others, then there, there's change that is possible. Yes. And we don't want to become a statistic. I mean, I look at the statistic and yes. I'm like, I never knew the statistics of child oh. sexual abuse. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I it's just saw something. Mm -hmm. I saw mm -hmm. something. Horrible. I mean, this yeah. it, it, it is so bad. And I don't understand why no one focuses on this. So when I saw your, Rich told me about your organization, I was like, well, I'm glad somebody said doing the work out here. Uh, and because oftentimes we get stigmatized as victims. Um, even when we do try to help people like try to be like, oh, that happened 20 years ago, or they try to minimize it. But I'm like, uh, no, it's happening right now. And even worse, like, yes. like really they, bad. Yeah. yeah, they this, you know, I tell people I've become obsessed with this mission. I'm obsessed with it because I see the urgency. I mean, I, when I heard that every nine minutes in the United States, a child is sexually abused, and those are the statistics on only 30% that is estimated that get reported. Yes. And mm -hmm. then I started, I can tell you, I have my own statistic. I have a hard time finding people that have not been sexually abused. Exactly. Mm -hmm. In some mm -hmm. form, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. To me all the time 
And I'm like, oh my God, I could be having, uh, I could be being interviewed by a podcast. I could be having a meeting with people. I could be making a business deal. And because people see, once they find out what I do uh, with my nonprofit, they, they open their hearts and their soul and they tell me. And I'm like, wow. To the point where I decided every event that I do with Yo Digo No Mas, we're actually doing an anonymous survey that okay. we're keeping because I want to, I want to know, because I think, I mean, this is a silent pandemic. Right. You know that. Yes, yeah, uh, sure. Normalized by the silent. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's why for me it's so important to, to come to and speak in as many avenues as possible. When the avenue is open for me, like when Richard told me, you need to, you know, be on the podcast of my friend Tanya, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to be there. Absolutely. Because like you said, Tanya, if one person, two people, it doesn't matter. If I could accelerate your process, yes. my God, it's a blessing. Exactly. Blessing. For somebody. And that's really, that's really, you know, I know people have some people have trigger warnings and all that stuff, but I'm like, sometimes you have to go through the ugly to get to the, where you're prettiest. You know what I'm saying? You have yeah. to go. Like, there is no, there's no way of healing without saying, let's put it all on the table as ugly as it is. And now we can compartmentalize it and put it in our Louis Vuitton bag and put call it out accordingly when we need it, right? Not because you told me I need it, because when I want to share it to help someone, then I can. So some people think you say the story, not you, but in general, they think victims say the story because they want to go around saying, yeah, I was sexually abused. No, I when I told my story, it's not because I want to embarrass myself or, or whatever I would, with, the, with the stigma that goes with it would be. It's because if, because if I don't share my story, there's going to be 5,000 more per, per day than, than if I would have shared my story, at least in that area. How about that? Because now mm -hmm. I'm going to put the word out there. So now we know, oh, let's look out for so-and-so, right? Because it's out there. But when you keep it to yourself, it is, is, it, it's okay because you're the victim and you, you share when you're ready, if you're ever ready. So some people ain't ready and they can't be ready. I understand that. Right. But you can share your story in any medium, whether that's art, writing, a podcast, whatever, singing, whatever that is, it will save lives and it changes lives because someone is sitting home thinking, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here anymore. That's how bad and traumatized they are. And we all, like anyone who's been a victim gets that traumatized, especially nine years old. I mean, like, gosh, it is traumatizing. And the body does keep the score. While my head may have did years of therapy. You may have done years of therapy. There's yes. always going to be that little thing there, you know, messing with us. But we turn it into something positive. And, but yeah. somebody can't even get there. They can't even get to that part. Yeah. The, the, I think the biggest job that I'm doing uh, with the movement and, uh, and then the team, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the instrument, but this mm -hmm. is if you believe in God and I believe in God. Absolutely. I mean, God is leading this. Uh, he made me an instrument, and the and then as an instrument, um, I have I've developed this tremendous force that He's leading because the, the work and the divine energy that I have is it's freaking endless. I'm like, it doesn't end. I mean, there's just I'm so obsessed with this, and then what God is doing is He's opening these doors for me. Mm -hmm. to have a stronger voice for the voiceless. Yes. And I mean, I'm blown away. The people that are coming my way, you know, I get to meet people like Rich, Richard at, at different 
uh, places and people that are accelerating the the ability for me to get a stronger voice. Right. But you know, Tanya, the this is a real thing that people not everybody wants this out there. Right. And I've been. Uh, I remember even from the beginning with my team, uh, I was doing videos and they wanted me to sugarcoat it. Yes. I said, no, mm -mm. I was sexually abused at the age of nine. Right. That's the story. Right. I'm not going to say assaulted. Right. Or, you know, there were different words that they yeah. wanted me to use. Mm -hmm. But then I started posting in a lot in Instagram, Facebook. And last year, October, mm -hmm. Facebook cut me. Facebook, uh -huh. Instagram, and WhatsApp. Uh -huh. Because... There's somebody out there, you know, that does not want the message to be heard. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Oh, we and know just, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Tony. No, it's okay, because they've changed even the language on it. So if I say, I was sexually abused at nine years old, they'll say you were, they, I forgot the word they use. They won't use the S-E-X word. They'll use something else that makes it sound all nice. I said, what are you making it sound nice for? Because that it wasn't. Right. There was nothing, nothing nice. I mean, there's no way... We need to call it exactly what it is, and people need to get hit in the head with that word, like I got hit in the head. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, um, I just I commend women like you who to you know not only just not only just could you share your story, but the things. How did you transform yourself? I mean, I think you probably had it in you. No matter what happened in your life, you were going to be great no matter what. Because some people just have that. Uh, as what's her name? Angela Duckworth says that grit is what I call it. And some people just have, you don't know who it is until they actually do it. But you just, you seem like that's just your character, no matter what you were going to make it, no matter what happened. So that's good. But what, what inspired you to, um, you know, from the point that you left the DR in 15, um, like, is, is it because it was the story of leaving a place and going somewhere else along with that trauma that you said, no. I'm going to make something or what happened? So before I go there, Richard, you wanted to say something? Yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, it's called the Matrix. Oh, no. Um, I was just saying, you know, it moved me. Well, first of all, I was there to hear your story live with my wife. And it hit us both. And um, it just moved me when, when you talked about how many people wanted you to sugarcoat your story and, and um, water it down. Uh, it it just evokes something in me because as an advocate, you know, I'm a social worker in training. I'm a human service professional. Me and Tanya were colleagues side by side. And the thing I love about Tanya, Tanya knows stuff that I've been through. I've never had to hide stuff. I've never had to hide my trauma from Tanya. You know what I'm saying? She's like the big sister from heaven, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I heard it, when me and my wife heard you, I was like, I can't even describe what the story, I'm trying not to get emotional. I've never been emotional on the show, so I'm trying not to do it, forgive me. But it, emotions it, are part of life. Right, it did something to me. And my wife was like, call Tanya and go to Maria right now. <laughs> and so it bothers me that I hear that people wanted to silence you yeah. because as a black man who's been through trauma, I know how it feels to be silenced. I know literally how it feels to, for people to threaten you if you use your voice. Um, so yeah, seeing somebody like you who I consider a person who had to come through more, 
like when I look at my story, but then I see somebody like yourself, I'm like, hey, Maria, people like Maria had to come through even more. And, and you know, um, that's why I wanted you to meet Tanya because, you, you know, Tanya has testimonies too. But I just wanted to commend you for saying, no, I'm going to speak my story no matter what anybody tries to say. Because yeah. a lot of people allow society to silence them. And I notice, you know, like you said, I believe in God. You know, I'm in ministry. And I know that there's a spirit in this world that promotes abuse and that wants people to be damaged so they can spread the damage yeah. instead of doing what you're doing. Mm. I believe that you're doing what God wants people to do who have been hurt is show the testimony that you can overcome this. Yeah. Because what you talked about at the event was so transparent. Mm. It just, um, it was unbelievable. So I, I have this theory that each time that you share, even though the body keeps score, the spirit also keeps score too. Yeah, and I, believe, and I agree. I agree. Yeah, I believe that every time you tell your story, I believe that every time Tanya shares her story, that you guys get stronger. Am I right about that? That's my theory. I feel that way. I, I feel that way too. Yes, absolutely. And then we link on to each other. We link on to people and and attract to the likeness that makes the story even you know even bigger because that's what yeah. that's needed to when people enough people see that enough of us are standing up right and then it's gonna they're gonna stop the trying to silence because it's like there's too many too many right. to, to do this to so. and and i see you know in you tanya there's a certain force that we have even when we speak you know and i and to your point richard i think the more i know for me the more i tell the story uh, the the more energy I get, because mm. I get the the energy from the people that are that I'm sharing with, and they come to me, and that energy from them actually acts like a fuel for me. Mm-hmm. I just did a, a, a keynote speaking engagement on Wednesday at Montclair, um, I think it's Mon- Montclair in New Jersey, uh, a university. And there were so many students there. And I can tell you that one of the gifts that I have, that I know that God has given me that gift, mm-hmm. is I the eyes are the, the door to the soul. Yes. And I can look at, as I'm speaking to the audience, I can connect with them. And I feel certain energy from the ones that are survivors or that are, have gone through hell. You know, and, and there's a connection. And the funny thing, it never fails me. At the end, when they come with my book, you know, for them to, for me to sign the book, yeah. that's when they melt in my arms. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a blessing. Yeah. I had this girl that I, I was hugging the little girl. She was, she was probably 24, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me the story of she was at a bridge at the age of 11 and somebody saved her. She was jumping over a bridge at 11. And I held her face in my chest and I kept rocking her. And I can tell you, she was crying. I was crying. And I know that I was a mother to her at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, what a freaking blessing this is to be able to be a healing source for others. Mm-hmm. And that's what telling your story when God gives you the strength, then yes. that's what's happening to me. Yeah. And uh, Tanya, I'll go back to your question, uh, which is, 
you know, everybody asked me, how do, how did you heal? Like, how did you get to where I'm at now? Mm -hmm. Healing is a journey. Mm -hmm. You either use accelerators that come in your life mm -hmm. and you are able to be aware of the accelerators and then push forward. Mm -hmm. Or unfortunately, most people get stuck. I know. And they're in so much pain that they sedate with drugs, they sedate with alcohol, they sedate sex. with sex, they sedate cutting, they sedate so many different ways. And that is when you get stuck. And that is so sad. Yeah. Because that soul just, it was too much for the soul. And that person is not able to see what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. So for me, I actually, I was married at the age of 17 to an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. I had a child at the age of 20. And my son, Franco, who's 39 now, my son, Franco, is, uh, was my biggest accelerator. And, and he, before him, Tanya, I really didn't even realize that I, I had trauma. Like, to me, I was just living life. And I was anxious, anxious all the time. I was uh, always afraid. Nice. I used to lock myself in my ex-husband used to work at night at, as a um, major D in a restaurant. He would come home at one, two o'clock in the morning. And do you know what I would do? Mm -hmm. I would take it um, like a container where, believe it or not, where I would urinate in my room with, and I would take water and I would not leave my room in my mm -hmm. own mm -hmm. apartment. Mm -hmm. That's how broken I was. Mm -hmm. But even that, I didn't, I couldn't understand that it was related to my trauma. I was just, I just lived in fear. Right. When right. my son was born, and now I have a little boy, and I'm not, when he's, when the moment that he came into this earth, mm -hmm. I can tell you that I disconnected. Okay. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what am I going to do with this child? He's a boy. I, I thought I was having a girl. Right. Mm -hmm. Now... I couldn't even I couldn't even clean him mm -hmm. and be comfortable. Right. I, I, I was so uncomfortable mm -hmm. and so disconnected. Mm -hmm. So when he was three around three months three months old, mm -hmm. I this kid would cry constantly. Mm -hmm. It was it was horrible. Mm -hmm. He was so bad, but it was because he was disconnected. He felt the disconnection. Exactly. I was gonna say it's all related. Mm -hmm. All related. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's all mm -hmm. energy. Yes, so there you go. That's it. I, I took this child in one in the middle of the night, threw him in the bed, mm -hmm. and my son fell on the floor as a three-month-old baby. Mm -hmm. I could have killed us, my son. Right. I could have killed my son. Right. And I he became my accelerator. It was I had an out-of-body experience. I right. said, Oh my God, like who who did that? Right. Is that me? Right. Could that, could I have done that? What kind of a woman am I? And then I started saying, I'm so ugly. I'm the devil. Mm -hmm. How could I do this to my own son? Mm -hmm. And instead of beating myself up over and over again, mm -hmm. I became very curious. Okay. I said, okay, if I can love the way that I know how to love, because I've been a loving human being, how could I do this mm -hmm. to my own son? And that developed this curiosity, and I became uh, looking. I became a little, a little obsessed about uh, healing. And then right. I would go to the bookstore, the library. I would mm -hmm. take tea. I would go to a corner, and mm -hmm. I would read. 
and I would get into self-improvement books and yes. trying to understand. Yes. That's what, that was, he was right. my biggest accelerator. So you started your journey because, and, and Rich knows this from the field, um, you are where you're at. And so with that being said, we used to tell um, you know clients that sometimes, but also um, who was it that said that? Uh, so if you, if you go into jail as, a, as an addict, let's just say, let's take that, uh, and you go get a 30-year sentence, right? When you're in there, if you haven't gotten the proper help and therapy, when you come out, guess where you're going to be at? So some people say, well, that's not true. I, I haven't did drugs in 30 years. I'm going to give it time. Because what happens is, A, we attract, we don't know this, unconscious that we attract the same thing from our childhood. So mm -hmm. if I was insecure and had a bad childhood, I was used to being abused, I was used to this or whatever that's, I'm more likely than not, there's some who don't, but I'm more likely than not to attract the same old drama because that's what I'm used to. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a bad thing or a judgment. It's just we're human beings. This is what happens. So that's why I yeah. wanted you to say it or, or to share with us because I want people to know whether you're the victim or whether you're the social worker working with the victim or the psychologist or the doctor, whoever you might be, teacher, um, to understand the importance of therapy or therapy-based something, whether, whatever that is. It could be um, TM, it could be uh, traditional therapy, it could be psychology, whatever it is. But I study psychology as a minor because of this. Uh, because I needed to know, I, I became like you, curious. I need to know why this happened, why I feel this way, and how can I make it better? And I will not stop. I'm, I'm still a work in progress, always. But that's, it's so crucial because you hit everything on the head that victims may go through. And what happens when you have kids, I found out, right? Whatever age you was when the abuse happened, when your kid gets that age, a whole new trigger sets up. A whole new trauma set that you, you wasn't preparing for that I know I wasn't preparing for. So it's important to get it because if you've gotten therapy, when you do have kids, now you know what to look for. Why am I feeling this way right now? I, I wanted a girl. Why did I feel this way? I had a boy. Maybe I have an issue with, uh, you know, a men authority or something. I don't know. I'm making this up. But, you know, there's many reasons. And, and it's oh, yeah. okay. It's not a judgment. It's not a, a uh, yeah, it's not a judgment. It's just a think really hard and and get all of the compartments out there. All of them have to be out there. And that you can't do unless you read a lot of books or do therapy. I I mean, I I, I read it. I listen to an audible book a week. Oh, really? I'm, I've been doing this for years. Like if you go to my website, mariatrusa.org, I share yes, I all my books there. Oh, you and, do? Yes, I've seen it. And I can tell you that I mean, I'm I'm like a, a library, a walking library. You could <laughs> tell me what subject and I talk about it. Oh, that is because I like you were talking and I said, you know, uh, the the book, uh, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, Joseph Murphy. Uh -huh. He talks about the programming, right? We we are all programmed. Yes. We are born. And I said this at the event where I met, met Richard and mm -hmm. I say it always. We are born good. Yes. We are all born good. Mm -hmm. If you believe in God, God mm -hmm. gives us a clean, a clean page. Right. We're here and he, he makes us in his light. Mm -hmm. So we are made out of light. But when we come into our social environment, mm -hmm. when we come into the, uh, the parents that carry the transgenerational trauma yes they have no clue because it takes so much freaking work yes. to really understand what's driving you 
because the programming, when I heard this from this, this book, how he said 95% of your decisions are based on your subconscious. Only 5% is made with the conscious. Wow. And the subconscious is built, is programmed when you are born until age 12. Yes. Mm -hmm. So think about it. You have no control of your subconscious, but that data, data bank uh -huh. is the data, data bank that you pull in milliseconds. Yes. All of the information you need to take an action. Yes. So the reprogramming that we have to do, and this is why as an underserved community, you know, the black and brown community, there's so much reprogramming that we have to go through. Yes. And that's what makes it difficult for us. Yes. And that's why I am all about stopping transgenerational trauma. Yes. I'm actually working on my next book that's going to okay. come out 2024. That is okay. called Parenting Through Trauma. Mm. And it is about stopping transgenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's going to be powerful. Yeah, I'm so excited about that book. I'm waiting for it's in the hands of a few publishing uh, houses, you know, companies that are going to um, let's see who picks it. And yeah. but whoever picks it is picking it gold because that was what's your background in because um, I know you have the medical centers. How did that come about? Because is, I want to see your background to get to that. That's so I, I was a medical assistant. Okay, and yeah. as a medical system, one thing I had, it was very strong work values. Yes. And I also was, I come from nothing. So mm -hmm. to me, like I, every opportunity that was given to me here, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, yeah. I could do that. I could yeah. do this. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And I became, again, obsessed with learning. Right. So when I came, I became a medical assistant at a medical center in a very affluent community here in Scarsdale, New York, mm -hmm. in Westchester County. And I was working as a medical assistant with all Jewish doctors. Mm -hmm. And to make a long story short, because all of it is here, there's so many lessons to learn from my professional background, too. Mm -hmm. And I share them all. I share all the tools uh, that got me to the success that I have. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being there for 26 years I, and I became the executive director. Wow. And I didn't even finish my bachelor's degree, guys. What? Wow. Even education was not an excuse for me. I excel. I broke limits. Mm -hmm. I crushed limits mm -hmm. because I was focused. Yes. I was obsessed and I was with life. Like I, I started to get obsessed. And the, and the biggest accelerator, again, I, I had already had my second child, Jeffrey. Right. And I became, I'm going to do, you know, I was a single mom now. I was a single mom for 17 years. Wow. And I was focused on making sure that my kids had the best that I could provide for them. Mm -hmm. So to me, every opportunity that was given to me at Carson Medical Group, I would say no to nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, people have this. Especially, I have to say, especially us, when we come from trauma, we feel that everybody wants to take advantage of us. And that is not the case. And right. I learned that when I started doing so many different jobs, I don't care what they would ask me to do. I right. would do it. Right. And I never thought, oh, they're taking, they want to take advantage of me because I own a business now. And there are, there's been some instances where I see people's trauma coming out and I, and I tell them, oh, my God. I don't want to take advantage of you. That's your, that's your story. That's right. something that you're carrying with you. Right. So for me, 
I don't, I will never say that's not my job. Everything was my job. Right. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to learn. So I learned every aspect of that business. And in two years, I was the manager. And in two more years, I became the executive director for 26 years. And then 26 years later, when I turned 50, I ended up having a life-altering experience. I almost died. I, I talk about it in my book. Okay. And I knew that God was preparing me for a mission because I used to stay I know so much about healthcare. I mean, I took that business from, from 5 million to 30 millions, from seven doctors to 50 doctors, from 10,000 10, square feet of medical space to 80,000. Wow. And I did this leading it myself with an incredible team that I built. So then I left and I said, I'm gonna serve the underserved. I, all of that I've learned is for me to open up my own practice. I want to focus on the Latino community because the black and brown community, because the way that I, I believe we're all mixed, you know, it's yes. like we are all in one unit. We got the same blood. Yeah. We need to empower each other because right. we have been underserved, period. Mm -hmm. So I um, opened up this practice in three months. I gave myself three months because the other thing that I learned is that what you think, what you speak, you create. Mm -hmm. So, and I started working on that formula mm -hmm. and developing, you know, wealth and developing financial stability and developing my professional life. And I started believing and understanding that if I could think it, if I could feel it, if I could speak it, I could create it. Mm. Unfortunately, it works the other way too, because right. for the most part, when you come with this programming, you are so caught up in the negativity that what you think what you feel and what you speak is negative mm -hmm. and it's toxic and it's victim mode and mm -hmm. it is all of the all of the destruction that you've gone through you reinforce it without really knowing well, yeah. no. so, but it works the other way if you could start switching lifting i i, I call it do the opposite right if you're yeah. thinking i'm poor say i'm rich yes i'm exactly. rich and start visualizing it and it's practice because i know it's practice at the age of you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 60 next year no way what yeah. still be amazing Wait, Wait, how, you, how do you look younger than me Oof. i know look, we're only i know we're like listen no i'm gonna say whatever you and tanya's eating y'all need to share the secret man. not me look at her she looks fabulous i'm oh, bald headed got braids <laughs> I got but, you know, I wanted to ask you this or make this point, Maria, because you pointed out something that I thought about a couple of minutes ago, and that was that, um, you know, when when people have trauma, um, a lot of times they don't even realize what they're carrying throughout their life. You know, the only reason why I even knew and this is what I tell a lot of people, a lot of my students and a lot of people that I speak to when I do speaking engagement. The only reason why I knew to look within is, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, my parents taught me the Bible. The Bible teaches you to look within. Um, being interested in this field that we're in, um, Tanya and I have had many conversations um, that taught me to look within. So I became like a in a way, a mad scientist. Everything I learned about psychology, everything I learned about social work, human services, the Bible, I turned it on myself and said, 
let me look inside because I knew, you know, I, I knew that I had wounds from life because nobody really comes through this life without getting some wounds or, or getting touched by something, you know, like yeah. um, my story is a little bit different than yours, but I was assaulted quite a few times in my life, you know what I mean? Just with violence, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, my story can, can go on for a long time, you know, but I learned to look inside, but helping people actually helps me live. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Rather yeah. than being bitter and, and, and angry, which is a slow death. Because yeah. to sit and be bitter actually makes you stuck mentally and emotionally. And that's worse than being stuck physically. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're stuck mentally and emotionally, that's torment. It is. That That is that is the ultimate torment. Yeah. That, that, that leads into something that I want to make sure that I do not leave this space with you that you know we we form a safe capsule and what we are forming here is a safe capsule because mm -hmm. tanya has shared you shared i share mm -hmm. and other people that are watching us they feel safe with us right yeah. and feeling safe with then allows you to become vulnerable Mm -hmm. And that's what we're also showing that we can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it's vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. Right. Mm -hmm. Most people have a hard time being vulnerable. Is that's a weakness. Mm -hmm. So, but I I want to say that for me, the biggest tool, because you were talking about keeping all this negative, you know, basically all this negative energy, all this resentment, and you mm -hmm. become victim of your life and and i say that you see as a nine-year-old i had no responsibility of my life mm -hmm. my father my parents you know my my family had all the control of my life but now as an adult the results that i'm getting are the results that i'm creating a hundred fifty percent and if we it's the hard concept to get and one that most people resented or rejected right. because that means then that you need to change. Right. Then you need to look up within. Whenever something is not working in my life, mm -hmm. I look within and say, what am I doing mm -hmm. that I'm getting those results? Not what is it outside? Mm -hmm. Because every decision, including the outside, I'm bringing it on. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, it's because I can make decisions again. They are, there are people that are cap. You know, they're 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 in jail, and but even in jail, there are choices that you have. There are yes. people. I'm actually going to go and speak in at a jail, and I'm so excited about that be because nice, yeah, like wow, I can touch those souls. You know, that are in jail, That's but and I can help them see that even in jail, you still have choices because yes. one thing that you have is this. This is yours. Nobody else can touch this. Right. So then when, when, when I say that, you know, then I, I talk about the next gift, which is forgiveness. Absolutely. Forgiveness is very difficult for people to do. And I know, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. Most people would say, oh, I'm not forgiving. Well, then you are giving the real estate of your brain to someone to stay in your brain for free. And not only that, that person is destroying your real estate and you are making the decision that 
you are going to allow them to continue to do this. Yes. Mm -hmm. When I forgave my dad, and I talked about this when I when I spoke, and you know, Richard was there. My dad was the biggest accelerator of forgiveness for me mm -hmm. because he ended up asking me before he died. He was he couldn't speak. He was he was writing and he wrote to my uncle to please call me when he was dying to that he needed my forgiveness. Mm. And I gave my father my forgiveness. And mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy. But once I gave it, um, I asked the Lord to help me. And, and I said, you know, if he can forgive, then Jesus, I, I should be able to forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, uh, this is my duty to do it. Mm -hmm. And I let my father go. Five minutes later, I get a call from my uncle. My father cried. Mm -hmm. His last tears were my tears. Mm -hmm. And I was the last thing in his mind. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the freedom of learning what forgiveness is. Mm -hmm. I carry my father from the age of nine until 21 when he when he died. That was mm -hmm. my age, 21. And I hated that man with passion. Mm -hmm. And that man was destroying. It wasn't him. I was making the decision to carry him with me, but he was destroying every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. So when I let him go, then I learn, oh my God, if I forgive, then I can live. Mm -hmm. Then I'm right. not I'm not hostage of my trauma. Mm -hmm. I have allowed myself to be able to create the life that I live. And I can tell you that the focus that I have, the creation that I'm creating in my life, mm -hmm. is because I have forgiven everyone. Right. Everyone. And now my mind is always like, how do how do I feel? I'm very curious about me. How is my trauma moving me? What decisions am I making that is not giving me the results that I want? And right. most of the stuff is shifting to the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then I'm so focused. I was saying this on a podcast, little reflection that I do when it's on my website. I can tell you the reason I create so much I have a business, medical center, urgent care. I have a nonprofit organization. I have grandkids. I have my kids. I'm writing an another book. I work out every day. I'm obsessed with life because this brain is in peace. I don't give my soul to anyone but mm -hmm. myself and my Lord. That's it. So right. I can create a limitless life. Right. Limitless life. That's a good book title. Limitless life. That's fabulous. Yeah. Well, um, I thank you so much for this, all, all this great information. And I, I would, I didn't get to ask the questions of, um, you know, what are some signs that you wish someone would have known at nine to, for people to look out for? But I can always. I can. Can I tell you? Uh, you can go into the website jodigonomas.com. Okay, so I have. Um, and please put it there in, you know, in whatever link jodigonomas.com. We have a parent guide. We also have access to, because I could tell you there's many signs, mm -hmm. but the signs, we can, you can go into a link that we have on our website that is RAIN. RAIN is an organization that for 30 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. So right. RAIN, we collaborate. So we're like the voice and RAIN is the education piece. And yeah. RAIN gives Rain. you... Yeah. And they yeah. have it in Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. They are, they're, the signs are all of it there and i urge you to go and educate yourself 
because the children have that give are giving the signs but we have to connect with our children and work on healing ourselves so that we can heal our children because that's what i have done yeah and i love what you said about forgiveness um because a lot of times people don't realize that forgiveness is actually for them more than the other person and one of the greatest gifts that this world can give is what i saw jesus do in the bible is lead a person to change a person who harms people right to see them change and become the protector is what we want we don't want a person to stay sick because like tanya said like some people go to jail and they come out worse yeah and that makes it more dangerous for society mm. when people you know and i've argued this point you know because i've you know i've worked in the system before um I've argued this point with a lot of people at the top. I'm saying if we don't spend more money for programs and rehabilitation, you're going to send people out into the world that are still sick, maybe worsened from abuse that they've gone through in jail and uh, and abuse before they got to jail, right? The abuse that they suffered um, before jail is what kind of led them to jail. And then in jail, they got more abuse. And then they come out into the world dangerous. Yeah. With uncontrolled rage, you know, because passion can be good and bad, depending on which direction it's in. Right. So that's so, it's so important what you said, and, and, and even I had to learn that still, you know, still learning um, that forgiveness is really important because that's, it's like that, that main door before we get to the promised land. Yeah. It's a superpower. Yes. Ooh, it is like a superpower. That. It's hard to obtain, but it is possible. And yeah. I love, I mean, that's, I, I have a brand. So my personal brand is called Forgive to Live. And I actually, wow. I'm, doing, I'm doing retreats. I, in the house that I mentioned, Tanya, in Vermont, I have retreats for men and women. My son, oh. uh-huh. my son actually is one of the coaches for men. And oh, he does yeah. the women retreat with me in Vermont. Oh, and wow. we have a psychologist that comes with us. Mm-hmm. And the retreats are, we go into the darkness. I mean, deep into the darkness. And we create this capsule that is a safe capsule where people can share. Right. And then you start seeing the darkness. But in order, like you were saying, Tanya, I mean, in order for you to heal, you got to connect to the darkness. Yes. And yeah. then you start seeing the light. But the dark is part of our lives. Yes. And we just have to, how quickly can we realize that it's coming? The darkness yeah. is coming. That way we can start concentrating on getting to the light. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, because all of it is a lesson, uh, and it's in some. And it, while as traumatic as it is, if you if you understand the takeaway, which is really, um, it's going to translate usually to helping save another life or change a life. That's usually what it translates to. But you don't see that while you're in it because for obvious reasons. Um, but but if you can just get through. And 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 keep your mind, which is very important, by the way. Uh, and that that's the part that that's trick where you have to be an investigator of sorts and say, I need to read books about this. I need to learn about that. I need to learn. Curious. About this. Yes, you have to become curious because that is the only way you'll you'll get to the real healing. Um, and forgiveness. I'm still working on at 50 something years old. I like while I forgive, I never forget. Um, so you're better than me because and, and a few people are better than me because I'm still. I know all the all the parts, but 
that part for me for sometimes is still a little tricky. Like I forgive you, but I'm not going to sit and have tea and crumpets with you. Well, the, but no. no, no, no. So that's important. Like, look, I forgave my abuser, but it doesn't mean he's still alive. He's 80 something, I think. Wow. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to go uh, look for him. No, it means that you let it go. Right. Okay. You let it go because it's not serving you anymore. Right. Okay. In that you you already gave so many years to that trauma and the people that hurt you that you realize. I mean, for me, empathy. I realize that like I said to you at the beginning, we are all born good. So mm -hmm. if I truly believe that we are all born good, that person that abused me and my father were born good. Mm -hmm. I am curious to know what happened to them. It's mm -hmm. not an excuse, it's an explanation. Right. So there, there is bad, evil wants evil. Right. Good wants goodness, right? Yeah. Yes. And that the evil in them that was created by whatever happened to them and you can study people in jail and people that have killed people yes. rape all yes. of it. they have been traumatized to the yes. levels that they got stuck and they create the unthink and they do the unthinkable like yes. what i did with my son i just and that's why i talk about that mm -hmm. and and you see tanya that helps you forgive right the empathy understanding those people that hurt you were in a lot of pain and i know and i can tell you this is coming from somebody that obviously when you read my book you would say how could you forgive well i live the most freaking amazing life yeah. so i want people to forgive because the biggest tool for me mm -hmm. was forgiveness yes and then you can move forward yeah yeah, yeah. and i like i like that, that what you talk about what people encounter because i heard you know i heard you mention witchcraft a lot of people see America's very subtle with their witchcraft. Mm. But a lot of people, you know, I've been in Dominican Republic, I've been in a couple of places. A lot of a lot of witchcraft in America is very subtle and a lot of people don't realize they're being exposed to witchcraft. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the Bible talks about the subtlety of of satanic influence. Mm. And a lot of kids, a lot of this generation, when they're looking at um violence and and, and sexual Mm -hmm. uh, morality on TV being glorified, yes. and then yes. the people that have the power to help will not, you know. So there's a lot of entities in our world that actually do hidden witchcraft, subliminal witchcraft. They do it all the time in the music videos. There you go. Yeah. All the devil ears and going to the cauldron and crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to try, you know, Tanya, that's why it's so important to create a strong connection with your children. And that's why that's what I'm going to in my book, you know, parenting through a trauma is mm. my children's story are going to be there. They actually are going to be they're writing it with me, oh, my, nice. my boys and my girl. Uh, and we're openly talking about the healing that they had to go through. But they, it was only possible because of my healing. Exactly. So we need to heal for our next generation, too. Absolutely. And, and uh, that is uh, so prevalent, um, healing for our next generation, because that's really, at the end of the day, you either leave a legacy or you're forgotten about. <laughs> like, or you continue the destruction with and your you family. Keep, and, you can, and the construction, right, the destruction continues. Exactly. Yeah. So thank Be you. Clear. Yeah. No, thank you. I know your time is very valuable. And I told you I wouldn't keep you more than an hour. So I promise you, I'm, you. I'm going to keep to my promise. But I loved having you here. 
Um, gosh, there's just so many questions. You guys, do me a favor. If you can, go out and get her book, I Say No More. You can get it on Amazon. Is there? Uh, you go to her website. MariaTrusa.org. I give a lot of healing tools there. A lot. Maria Trusa. I thought I put. I want her, you to come back to the show. Or <laughs> yes, anytime, especially when you get the other book up too. Oh yes, yes. I will let you know. Yes, anytime. But, um, yeah, follow me on Instagram, Maria underscore Trusa, because you know they block me, so I cannot use Maria Trusa. Oh, and, that's why. Because <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. it's hard to find me because that they they made it, but it's it's okay. It's Maria yeah. Trusa, Maria underscore Trusa, uh, and then that's Instagram, Maria Trusa, Maria M Trusa, Facebook, and um, and then Yo Digo No Mas. Please follow all the work we're doing on Yo Digo No Mas. It's amazing work, and there's a lot of healing tools for parents. They are to protect the yes. innocence of our children. Yes, that's very that's very important, guys. So we didn't get to talk about that part, but go to the website. Uh, if you need any links, you know how to hit me up, of course. And please go to her page and show her some love on all her pages and buy the book. Yes, because yes. The book will save and change lives. That's why you want to do it. Not, and Christmas is here, so there's yes. no excuses. The holidays, Hanukkah started. I mean, we're here for all the holidays are here. Um, go get the book. Because if information to me, which is the only reason why I do the show, information is key to changing your life. And so some people can't get up and go to Bermuda or can't get up and do whatever it is the guest does. So that's why it's important because somebody may be able to share and then save somebody's life or change their life. Because we, we all need motivation, especially after the big old pandemic. Um, we need, we need, everybody needs some source of, of a connector, you know, that gives you the, the, the bulk, the jolt that you need, you know? Yes. So I appreciate you, Maria Thank Trusa, you. for yeah. taking Thank you, time. Richard. Yes, oh, we're very grateful, very grateful to be here with you guys. My pleasure. Yes. And guys, uh, thank you very much. Please share the video and we will see you next week. Hold on. I'll be right back. There we go. Let's see. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I see. I'm trying to see who's out there before I leave, but I guess not. I can't see who's out there. So thank you, guys. I will see you next week. Have a good one.